The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Let's uh, bring a ray of sunshine into the room right now. Uh, Lacey, uh, Ryan, how you doing, Lacey? I'm doing great. I want to start, Joe, if you could just give a little bit of an idea for listeners what the FSW women's division was like uh, before Lacey got to FSW. You know, early on in the the growth of FSW, you know, the, the one thing we would always hear was, hey, bro, we love FSW, but when are you going to have some of the girls on? You know, it, it took a while and we finally did. Then we finally started getting, you know, some women that signed up to really help things out. Uh, there was a guy named Eric who had this idea of uh, future stars of women's wrestling that would be under our banner and he would run it. So at that point, we had sporadically used, you know, uh, a few people like Heather Monroe to go along with Maserati. I think Sandra Moon was just coming up, but there still wasn't really a a division, I guess you could say. At that point, actually, we had already crowned a champion. We finally decided it was time to make the move and... Heather Monroe became the champ. I'm not going to lie. I'm not positive on the uh, the time frame, but I know that match was a three-way elimination match at Samstown. So I can't tell you if the FSW women's show was first or it was after Heather Monroe. But at that point, you know, we still didn't have that many women to work with, you know, at the time. And we had come across using uh, John Morrison at one of the Mecca shows. Uh, Kevin Cross hooked it up. And basically, uh, John was like, hey, since Cross set up the deal, it wasn't like I talked to John. It was like, hey, we got uh, John coming in, and this is the price. And Taya was included in the price. (laughs) So at that point she's you know in AAA, pretty well known why wouldn't i want to use her and at that point uh we ended up deciding to uh to use taya and after some conversations she was willing to uh stick around so we felt it would be really good for the division and the growth of having someone who was at the top of their game and was well known throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the country, the title got put on Taya. You know, a lot of people then started complaining like, oh, but she's never around to defend the title and blah, blah, blah. Well, the majority of the bigger shows she actually did wrestle on. One or two like conflicts where obviously if she was wrestling at Impact or AAA, we couldn't use it. We did not have anybody that we felt was ready to become the FSW Women's Champion. I I did not believe Maserati was ready, and I did not believe that Sandra Moon was ready. Wasn't really looking to rehash things and putting the belt back on Heather Monroe. So we were kind of in a holding pattern when we can use Taya, we can bring some people in. You know, she was supposed to work uh, Jessica Havoc, you know, issues 
uh, caused that not to happen. You know, it is what it is. Fast forward, we needed somebody, and then, like a godsend, Lacey Ryan was <laughs> to FSW. I don't know about a godsend, but okay. I've actually known about Future Stars Wrestling when I started uh, in 2012 at Salt Lake City. Uh, under UCW, I've been wanting to actually wrestle there for a while. So it's funny how things actually end up working out. Um, but, you know, I've been at that point, I've been training for about seven years, you know, okay. training under Tom Howard. We were in Texas and things weren't going right in Texas. You know, we were just like, okay, I think it's time for a move. Nothing's really happening here for my career. And, you know, luckily with Tom's job, we're able to move wherever we would like. Sure. So, uh, Southern of Vegas, just that gut instinct. It was like, uh, I think it's time to move back down towards this way and get a place in Vegas. So we did. And, uh, I messaged, so I actually messaged, uh, Brian Vig. I don't know if you know him or not, but <clears throat> he told me to reach out to Joe DeFalco. And that's when I did. And Joe said, yeah, come on down. He saw what I could do, I guess. And said, Hey, let's make a deal. You come and you help out every once in a while and you can train here. So I was not going to turn down that kind of deal, you know? So, but yeah, I've always wanted to wrestle at FSW. I knew that. Big Vig, who was, that was his wrestling name, Brian Vig. Right. Uh, Big Vig used to work with us on and off with Manny Lemons when we would use the Utah crew. And I, and I like Big Vig a lot. And when he reached out to me and he said she was good, I respected him. So right. I figured, okay, um, uh, Absolutely. She's going to be here anyway. Uh, I honestly had not heard of her before. You know, I heard of a few of the girls from Utah and most of them were the shits. So it was like, that's kind of weird that this one was really good and I never heard of her. We brought her in. She was around. So it's like, hey, we got a match. Didn't really see what she could do. And then she had the match. And to be honest with you, it wasn't free training. We charged her for the first month. The first one, yeah. We're going to give you, uh, you know, you're a veteran. We're just going to charge you a ring fee. We're going to charge you the ring fee and in lieu of payments for certain things or whatever for, for working. She does the first match, and we were all like, holy shit, she's really <laughs> good. And it was like, at that point, next time I saw her, I'm like, hey, by the way, uh, your gym fees wave. We knew we had, you know, somebody really, really talented. And then she worked another match and another match, and it was like, all right, we ended up having a Mecca, and the idea was we were going to move the belt to somebody local, which means now we had somebody who could uh, wrestle on the school shows. The yeah. problem with Lacey was because we didn't have that many women, she had to wrestle guys. But the thing was, whether people consider it a negative statement, like a lot of times you'll say, hey, that girl is really good for a girl. Right. And, yeah. Everybody will always say, hey, you know what? Lacey Ryan is really good. End of story. Yeah. And that's how she, how good she is. Well, when you <laughs> Lacey and she's wrestling guys, you believe there's a few of them she could knock out on her own. So, <laughs> you know, when you watch her, you're watching a skilled professional, and it's amazing that nobody really took notice of her until she came to FSW, she got some spotlight matches. Impact was in town. She got to be on that. And we were trying to feed her some, you know, good people to work. She got to work Tessa at the last show before we, we did everything, closed everything down. And yeah. it's, just, you know, amazing that having her for such a short time, 
she's accomplished so much. I, I, I've always trained with guys. I'm a big believer that girls should always be training with guys because they're going to push you to the next level. You know, some are going to be scared to, you know, kind of push them. But when you find the right people, they will make sure that you're working hard, if not harder than them. I've always worked with guys and I personally love it. There are girls who push me as well, but it was also kind of hard to find girls that are, you know, working to that level. So the guys, I've always wanted to do that. I want to, re- you know, like Joe said, I don't want to be a good wrestler for a girl. Right. I want to be a great wrestler, period, you know, and for me, that road was wrestling with guys. And then having Thomas, my trainer, you know, anytime I would complain, he would say, shut up, get back in the ring, you can do it again, you know? <laughs> so it's tough love. Lacey, Matt, and, and Damian Drake, they aren't just there when there's training. They come in every day they can. Anytime they got free time, they are there. You know, I'll walk in, they're there. It, it's crazy. It's like, wow, you guys beat me again, and it's like 2 o'clock, training start till 5. You know, because they want to get their stuff in. And then they're extremely helpful when it comes to the younger students. So they don't take time away from them. Only occasionally when Lacey's trying to film some stuff and (laughs) a class. But in most cases, she's really good about it. Hey, it's all about the social media, Joe. Yes. Especially during a time like this, it's social media. I heard you're up to 204 followers. You're doing good. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, it's a lot better than what it was, you know, two years ago. There you go. See? Yeah. Lacey, at what point did you start feeling comfortable enough that you could now step into the casino setting, which is, you know, what, five to ten times the people that they can fit in there? What was that adjustment like? And was that the first time, too, um, for you to experience, you know, the bigger setting, the ramp way, the, you know, all the technicalities that come with having to figure out where camera is and, you know, the, the basics to a, like an arena setup. Yeah, that was my first time. And I don't think there's a certain amount of number of matches that you can have to make you feel comfortable. As soon as you see it, it's overwhelming and it's exciting <laughs> and there's so many different emotions going on. But I, there's no number of matches. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, now I'm ready. Yeah. You know, if Joe puts you in that position, it's because Joe thinks that you're ready for that position. That was my first time in a bigger stage where, okay, now I got to worry about hard cam. I got to worry about roaming. How do I do my entrance? Where do I, like, how do I position myself? So all of that was a whole new ballgame, you know? I had to learn every single step of that. And uh, because of the people that are the trainers at FSW, that's what really helped me take my game to the next level. You know, people like Sin, Bodie, uh, D'Lo, Kenny King, um, and then a few people that I don't normally train there but you know cheerleader melissa allison danger all of these people really helped me train for tv style matches yeah you know what i mean so being able to do that like i can't even watch my first match the tie out a casino match i have a really hard time so i can spot so many things i'm doing wrong and it drives me nuts you know so not one of her best efforts no not one of my best efforts <laughs> It was an that won't go. That won't go down on the uh, best of Lacey Ryan DVD for sure. 
Sadly, you already put that in the best of Lacey Ryan. I've watched it. So I think it's time to change that up. Somebody like Taya, she was very giving and she was very sweet. Those mistakes are all on me and things that I just never experienced before. So of course, I'm going to make those mistakes. Uh, but Taya was awesome and she was willing to work with me. And, you know, when you go back and watch those, it is a positive because it helps me realize how far I have actually came. You know, yeah. watching those negatives and everything. Uh, I always joke with Melissa how bad, like, it's when I was wearing my camo gear with the long tights and everything, looking very indie riffic. You know, <laughs> it wasn't and, very riffic either. No, it was not very riffic. Thanks, Joe. And that's one thing I do like about Joe. If you want an honest uh, evaluation, he will give it to you. He will not hold back. After you saw that match with Taya, you know, you're getting the belt onto Lacey. What do you feel about? the further development of the character and Lacey getting comfortable with talking. Well, that was definitely one of uh, her weaker points, without a doubt. You, know, you can't really be that good at it if you don't do it a lot. Right. You know, under the tutelage of Tom Howard, I can't believe he didn't have her cutting promos every single day. But, you know, fortunately for her, when people watched her in the ring, she didn't have to talk. You know, people were impressed at what they saw and people really started getting behind her because she was that talented. If she's a B wrestler and can't talk, it's really going to be harder for her to get over. But being she's one of those few A wrestlers, then it's okay that she's a little bit more limited. You know, she worked on it. Like when she first came in against Sandra Moon, you know, technically, I believe at the time Sandra was a, a, a heel working with uh, Thomas Day and that faction, but being that she had a lot of family and friends in the audience and she was a homegrown talent, she was going to get cheered anyway. Lacey was kind of in that no-win situation to where she's coming in as a baby face against the heel, but everybody likes the heel and nobody knows the baby face. So there's not much of a reaction coming in like, oh, who's this? Oh, boy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they could see her work. And then the fans need to know that, okay, well, we saw her work once. She's coming back. And then when she comes back, and then she's back, and then she's here again. And it's like, oh, she's a regular. Yeah. Now they're starting to dig it. And when she beat Taya, you know, I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure there was a pretty big pop from the Samstown crowd. Uh, that Lacey Ryan became the new women's champion. You know, that was a great moment for us. People like Taya, people like Tessa. Did you go into those matches at any point feeling like, you know, hey, I can't, I can't blow this? Or did you go into it feeling, this is going to be a fun opportunity for me to mix it up with someone who I could potentially see and down the line in, you know, some company? Was it a learning aspect for you or a meshing aspect or was it more like, oh shit, I better perform? A combination, you know, I was excited to mix it up with somebody new and then I can't screw this up. I can't blow it, which I kind of did, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did blow it. You know, I went for uh, a springboard and completely slipped and it's just one of those things. So I think that was the student's fault. Time. They didn't wipe the ropes down right. <laughs> Not your fault. It was there. 
It is their fault, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, you're you're welcome. What what can I say? I blew it, and it was a learning process. And Taya was great. She was willing to work with me, and she helped me out a lot during that time. With Tessa, she's been great, and she taught me a lot as well. And we both have a pretty good friendship. It's mainly based on uh, bodybuilding and working out, sending color workouts and stuff like that. We're going to go back a little, and we'll talk about when Lacey, you say about who she got to work and the Tayas and the Tessas. I knew that she was on people's radar when she got to wrestle Jordan Grace for the Impact title on the on an Impact taping. And I was actually standing there with Tom, and we were watching the match, and probably about five or six minutes in, Lacey missed a big move, and Jordan Grace hit her, and we're like, oh, it's over. And it was like, Lacey kicked out. And all of a sudden, it became this back-and-forth match for a lot longer. And it was like, wow, an unsigned talent basically just went 50-50 with the women's champion. We knew at that point, like, okay, well, if, she, if she's on Impact's radar, she's on everybody's radar. Like, they know who she is. And fast-forwarding it to, you know, her working Tessa, they had a really, really good match. If you're saying that the best women wrestler in the world, because that's what a lot of people say about Tessa, just went toe-to-toe with Lacey, and she was right there from beginning to end, well, where does that place Lacey? You know, that got a lot of views. People seen it. Lacey, who in wrestling, and it could be past or present, male and female, have been your two... Uh, go-to wrestlers that you just, you know, you either want to sit down and just watch and absorb or just excite you as a fan? Uh, Eddie Guerrero, hands down. Uh, I watch Eddie Guerrero all the time, and um, I watch the way he moves, the way he acts, his mannerisms, everything about Eddie Guerrero I, I absolutely love. And, I God, I wish he was still around to where I could just pick his brain and stuff, yeah. you know. But uh, definitely... Eddie Guerrero is the top one. As far as the female goes, um, I was always a big fan of Victoria Jazz. Um, right now, I'm a big fan of Becky Lynch. I think it's amazing what she has accomplished. You know, so those females made a pretty big impact in wrestling, and it's fun to watch them. You know, someone like Eddie, one of my favorite things to watch about him is that you can see that he's actually having fun in what he's doing does that translate for you too i have a blast every single time i'm in the ring you know any chance anytime i'm in there it's my favorite time of the day uh i hope that it shows to where fans know i'm having a great time wrestling if i'm not having a great time then why am i doing this right so this it's what i love to do it's all i want to do and i'll continue to do it as long as it's fun. Uh, Joe, favorite Lacey match? Definitely not the Taya match. <laughs> I'm going to need a rematch in Taya. I'm going to say I think the the Tessa match and the one that she didn't do with us with the Jordan Grace match at Impact, you expect things when you're watching matches, especially when you're putting, you're, you know, you're booking the show, you're booking the match. Hey, this is what we're looking for. With the Jordan Grace match, I didn't expect Lacey to really get much you know Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases it was kind of like when chris bay first came into impact it was like he was in a tag match he had one move on the rascals and he was done and then the next time they used chris bay he had like a 15 minute back and forth with daga where you were like oh okay that's that was the turning point that's when you knew and 
Like that was the point where it was like, you know, we really have something special and now people are knowing about it. As much as I liked the Tessa match, the Jordan Grace match was the moment because it was our girl doing it on the national stage and now showing the world what she can do, which is always great for FSW because we've had this lineage, you know, of champions. And now we finally have that lineage in, in a woman's champion. And Lacey, was that your favorite match to date? Uh, yeah, it, I wouldn't say it's my favorite just because of the amount of matches that I've had since then. You know, right. I love wrestling Tess and I love wrestling Jordan Grace. But because of this one person that I've been wanting to wrestle for so long, Damian Drake, as of right now, it's one of my favorites just because we have such a close bond and he's just fun to work. Yeah. You know, um, as far as that goes, Damian Drake right now. But definitely Tessa Blanchard and Jordan Grace, top three right now. Lacey, what does Joe DeFalco mean to you? Uh, you're going to make me say it, aren't you? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Joe. I do love him. Um, I love how honest he is. Uh, Tom and I were just talking about that last night. You know, if I want an honest critique from Joe, I will definitely get it. A bunch of people will always, and they'll come up to me, hey, great match. You did a great job. Like, dude, I was in the match. I know how it went. Joe's just going to give you an honest evaluation of his thoughts, and I really respect that, and it's one of my favorite qualities about him. So, Joe, what is your honest thoughts and opinion on Lacey? <laughs> well, first off, I'm going to say, because I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I had written out a promo for her before <laughs> the match with Maserati, okay? Because I felt it was going to generate a good vibe of, of their past, present, and future. And both of them went in there and pretty much didn't say anything of I told them to say. And I didn't say say it word for word. I said, say it as Lacey Ryan. I said, this is kind of the gist of what I want. So when she goes to a major company, uh, she better listen to them because, you know, <laughs> fire her. I would never fire her because she is by far the best woman wrestler I have ever seen. It's very difficult for me to say oh man what a great women's match and we're very fortunate because sandra moon has improved immensely she is going to be awesome and maserati is got her personality her character everything down and now she's become a really good worker bar none when anybody talks about women wrestling in fsw's history you know, there's a high mark there. Even before Lacey came in, I figured, you know what? If she sucks, it doesn't matter. We got Tom Howard, too, so it was kind of a <laughs> deal. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I'm charging for 50 bucks to train, and I got Tom Howard coming around every couple of days. <laughs> and it was like, wow, we hit the jackpot. She was actually really, really good, and we had Tom Howard. Who can ask for more? My life is all about wrestling. That's what it revolves around, too. Uh, wrestling and working out. You know, the strip's cool, casinos are cool, I'm not much of a gambler, I don't drink, you know, I'm not into any of that. So wrestling is my favorite thing. Um, you know, my connection with Las Vegas will always be with FSW and professional wrestling. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on the DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And we're joined today by uh, Sefa Fatu. Are we still going by the problem, Sefa? you damn right we are. Uh, my first question for you is, was there any point in your life, having been around wrestling the whole time, unlike other guys who see wrestling and then decide they want to go into it, was there any time that you said, 
you know, maybe I don't want to wrestle. What other aspirations did you have, or was it always wrestling? Man, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to play football, man. You know, hey, wrestling, wrestling was the last thing on my mind. Everybody, everybody, obviously, everybody in my damn family is in the wrestling industry. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, let me, let me try to go this other route and go play ball. You know, and I mean, I don't want to. Wrestling would always be there. So I try to go pursue, you know, ball in college and, you know, try to go to the big times. But, you know, obviously that didn't happen. So I started to shift my mind. I started to shift my mindset, you know, in, in my body, man, to, to go the other route and follow the family footsteps and join the family business. So, man, you know, here I am. After I finished playing ball, I went to, uh, I moved down to L.A., uh, trained there, man. I, yeah, I got started in with my dad. Started my dad and my dad broke me in, man, and then, you know, and I moved out here to Las Vegas. That's when I met Joe DeFalco. I was going to say, yeah, the first time was I actually got a phone call from his father. Rikishi called me up and he said, hey, bro, because we had talked in the past different things, you know, Common Ground, Sin Bodhi, wrestling. Yeah. You know, he was good friends with the Godfather who I worked with for years. You know, they were part of the crew in WWF back yeah. in the day. And he said, hey, you know, can you do me a favor? My boy's moving out there. You know, make sure you take care of him. And we knew he was pretty inexperienced. And it was crazy because we saw right off the bat how much further along he was than the normal person. I believe his first match was against Spider Warrior, if that, if that uh, is. Yep, yep, yep. Show us. What was uh, what was that like for you, Safa, moving to Vegas and then, you know, getting an opportunity to go to an organization in which you, you had a, a reputable um, company in FSW, someone that your dad kind of knew a little bit in, in Joe DeFalco. Did it give you a little bit of uh, kind of a safety blanket, almost a comfort, knowing that you're coming to a city that you want to be in and that you actually will get a chance to hone your craft and and mature a little bit in the business, but still being able to live in a city that you like. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, uh, coming to FSW, not only is it just a regular organization, but it's a big organization yeah. that everybody, you know, man, you hear them, man, that everybody tries to get on. So I was like, man, you know, what What more company, you know, to, to start making my name and making my noise in, man, than, than the big company here in Las Vegas that everybody knows. And then not only that, man, you know, you got a big time players there, you know. I mean, you see the roster, man. Kenny King, uh, fucking Killer Cross, man. Everybody, man. Chris Bay. We ain't got to say the names. Everybody here in Vegas knows when they talk about Las Vegas, man, these are the players that you talk about, you know. And and, and Falco, man, he's the main guy that, that, that gets brought up when you hear Las Vegas. So I was like, I was like, okay, let me see if I can go here and, and, and test the waters, man. Let me see if I'm built and made to do this. You know, and, 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 you know, Joe did give me that platform, man, to showcase my skills. And, like, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I was, I was a little green, you know, and I, I was just starting. But, you know, in my mind, I'm like, man, let me – this is a test for me, man. This is this is a test to, to, to put my skills, you know, to show everybody what I can do. And, I, you know, it, it amazed me, man. I was like, man, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's a natural thing, man. I just need to be there, so – you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity for Joe to just throw me in there, you know, with the guys like Hammerstone and, you know, Graves and Shogun and Chris Bay. Like, and I was able to, you know, to like hang with everybody that I was ever uh, put in front of me. So, yeah, man, everything's everything. I think moving here to Las Vegas, man, was the best, was the best thing that happened to me. Because if I was to start out, you know, a big valley, yeah, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not knocking it, but like, 
you know, start any other company, like I don't think I would have gotten the recognition and exposure that I did now at, from FSW, man. What was your first uh, impressions of him, Joe, in terms of meeting him? What were you looking at in terms of how you would progress him in terms of booking? Um, was it, you know, an idea of, hey, let's push him because he has the talent? Or was it, you know, let's make sure that he's getting the right direction and not just throwing him out because he's got a Fatu on his, you know, on his name I know yeah, the, the beginning you know he wanted to build me like like kind of like like a monster like Umaga and stuff like that I was like man I'm not I'm not like man, I'm not built like that so but I was like man okay he throwing me in here man I just gotta I just gotta tear it up you know what I'm saying and like being being new at the time man I was okay like he you know I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm see what he does and like you know he was just throwing them at me and like I was just like you know I gotta like deliver every time man and like I gotta do something new so and I was you know he man he he was he was doing this thing with me man I think well, the most part I was looking for you know like when, when I first met him was just just somebody's presence you know like when you meet somebody man you, you go off that person's presence right you know how they talk and you know how they are with you so man. You know, I ain't never had a problem with Joe. Joe always been cool. Yeah, I was, uh, when I first met him, I, w I was impressed because talking to him, there's a good possibility, hey, Rikishi's his dad, his brother's in WWE. You know, he can come in with this entitled attitude that, you know, some people would come in with. And he came in as a humble guy, you know. He came in and trained a lot. Not like these days, but, you know, I understand. You know, man. But the thing was, when he was trying to really you know, apply his craft, you know, he was there a lot. He was improving. The name doesn't mean anything if you can't go out there and deliver. You know, we've seen a lot of wrestlers, kids, the David Flairs of the world, who people mocked because he just had really very little ability, but everybody knew he got there because of his father. Nope. So the idea was to bring him along slowly, get him matches, get him matches, see where the crowd was starting to react and things like that. And I remember we did something uh, in maybe the first rumble he did where he ended up eliminating uh, the entire lights camera faction, which kind of led to, you know, him single-handedly taking them all out. And at that point, being that those guys were heels, Sepha was kind of supposed to be a heel. He technically was, but he was getting... A, a, a good response from the crowd. You right. know, when he would go up for the frog splash for the finisher, when he would do the Amaga spot running across the turnbuckle and doing that, the, the people would pop for it. You know, it was interesting because the culmination of that was when, once again, his father had called me and we were going to have a Nevada State Championship match. Everything had been built, and we were setting it up, and it was Graves uh, versus Sefa, and his dad wanted to come down, you know, for the show. You know, that show was one of the best written shows, that I think, that we had had. You know, we ended up really pulling off the turn with Sefa. Graves gave him the... You know, the accolades, the respect, which we used to later on when he turned on Sefa. You know, we did some tag matches. So he immediately, once we knew where he was at, you know, it was a lot easier to put together some stories. And at that time, you know, I remember in the Rumble match where 
It was him, Shogun, and Bay. I think, is the final three. The crowd loved it. It was, you know, the young guys that we could see down the line. Obviously, Chris Bay had more accolades than anybody at the time, but he was still on that fast track rise. And I would say that was probably, you know, the show that really got Sefa on the map because now he was intertwining with the biggest guys in FSW, and people saw that he was definitely going to be a top player. A lot of the younger generations, man, like, you know, the kids that are wrestling, man, you know, like, they they, they do go off their name. And, and Joe, just to, just to go with what you said, I was right there when my dad called you. I was like, hey, don't tell him. Don't tell him that, that you sent your boy. Just tell him that you sent in the studio. Because I didn't want to, not only Joe, but like, you know, the, the other, you know, the other workers that were there to be like, oh, you know, his dad, this, his brothers, his dad. Like, I didn't want nobody to know who the hell I was. But obviously when I got there, you couldn't, oh, oh, you, you, uh, you must be slain. So like, they already knew off the top. But I just want to go in and, sh- and prove and show everybody, man, that I don't, you know, I don't need my dad and I don't need my brothers. I don't need this name, like, to go in and show you that I can work. Like, I can I can do this on my own, you know? So, like, you know, I, I made I made the name. I made the noise out here by myself. I didn't need I didn't need nobody. You know what I mean? So, yep. I, you know, like, that's why I want to, you know, I think that's what everybody gets mixed up, man. A lot of the... A lot of the you know, the Brian Pillman's and, the, you know, I'm not knocking them, but like, you know, the whole, you know, Hulk Hogan's and, and um, you know, like, and you just come in here and just do it, man, because who your name is. But like, man, it's it's a whole different ballgame, man. How receptive have the locker room guys been to you? And is it a matter of once you've gone into the ring and you've done your business, that the respect is earned through what you're doing, where some of the guys might see it as cynical and and look at you just as oh, he's oh. just wrestling off his name. Most them, I mean, you know, I remember my friend. Here, here's another one. My, at my first match after Spider Warrior, you know, when I first walked in the locker room in the back, obviously everybody knew I was coming. Everybody knew I was there. They knew who I was and knew where I'm coming from. So I'm like, you know, just a little, the little respect. Me, hey man, you know you doing. Hey, how you doing? You know, shaking everybody's hand. I remember not shaking. Some of some of them didn't want to shake my hand. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna remember these guys. But I was like, all right, cool, cool. They, they, they ain't never seen me after that match. And, you know, everybody came up to me. Everybody came up to me. You know, and man, yeah. like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? I, I got, I got to put my, I got to put my time in. You know, it's gonna come around. Some of the main guys, you know, they, 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 they dust me. Oh, he, he, he. He he teach you, boy. He just he he a he a five two, and then they start coming around one by one. And I and I'll be cracking jokes. Hey, remember that one time you didn't shake my hand in the back? Now now look, you texting me now. Now you, now you want to hang out? You want to work out with me now, huh? So yeah, man. You know I get it. It's always like that. So I ain't it, it don't bother me, man. I just I just go in there and do what I do. Man. Joe, what was your thoughts behind elevating him to work with guys like Graves and Hammerstone Bay? Was it something that um, you saw a clear path of what you wanted to do with the character? Or was it something that you were just kind of letting grow? Well, you got to remember, when he ended up wrestling Graves for the Nevada State Championship, he had been wrestling on shows for a while with yeah. us, you know? I couldn't tell you exactly how long, but I would have to think it was at least five, six months of from when he started there. You know, he went through different storylines, different angles. When we decided that, hey, you know, this is going to be one of the main matches with Rikishi coming in and, you know, Sefa was with Sally at the time. 
And Sally obviously is the hated guy. But despite being there with Sally, there was a large portion of the crowd that was behind Seth. What better way to make that turn complete? Being Rikishi's kid had nothing to do with where he was at, but having Rikishi there to basically culminate that babyface turn, Rikishi after the match gives the stink face to Sally, which, you know, the crowd goes crazy over the whole moment. And that's, again, when we talk about, oh, what was your best match? What was that? It's always the moment that is the best thing you're going to have. Now, everybody's going to remember the day Rikishi gave the stink face to Sally, and that was the day Sefa won the title, but he didn't win because of his father. They had a great match. After the match, I was wondering what was going on because after the match, like Graves was hanging around ringside still, and I knew we were setting up for, you know, Rikishi and Sefa. And Graves took it upon himself after the match because he was one of our most over baby faces to say, hey, good match. I respect you. There was a handshake. And that whole combination really solidified the fact that Sefa is now one of the top baby faces in FSW. And then the minute Graves shook his hand, we knew we were going to be in the process that was going to take a few months to where Graves was going to eventually turn on Sefa, which kept stories going for months. Yeah. You know? Sefa, when you uh, think of working with someone like Graves, um, who is just going to speak his mind and, you know, he, he doesn't hold anything back, um, how was it for you in terms of, you know, feeling him out in that situation and, you know, kind of knowing what buttons to push and what buttons not to push with them. Well, being thrown in there, we you know, with a, with a tough guy like that, you know, especially God has been obviously been wrestling before me and it has a background of actually, you know, fucking fighting and shit yeah. like that. Uh, man, it, you know, it, 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 I learned, I learned from him a lot. You know what I'm saying? I just know like, okay, I just got to go in there and just do what I do. But yeah, feeling the mind wise, man, he, he, he was a cool person. He was me, man. He was patient with me. I remember the first time, you know, going up to him, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, like, you know, like, whatever you want to do, man, you know, let's do it. You know, he's like, okay, cool. And then, like, he didn't talk to me the rest of the day. Yeah, this is the day of the show. He didn't talk to me the rest of the day. And I was sitting back there getting dressed, right? And I was like, damn, man, he must be ripping me right now. Like, we about to go on in, like, two like two more matches, man. I still didn't talk to him, right? So I'm like, damn. And, like, the boys are coming up, man, you good? Like, you looking nervous. I said, bro, I didn't call I don't call, I didn't call shit with him. Like, we about to go on next. So, Greg, come on, Greg. Greg's come up to me. Hey, man, uh, you know, this is going to be the finish. So, I was like, all right, cool. Like, all right, he's like, man, let's just go out there. You know, let's, let's just work. And then, man, we, you know, he you know he took care of me, man. We took care of each other, man. We had we had, we had had a good-ass match, you know. I wish there was a couple little, you know, little, like, spots in there that we missed from the referee, you know, because he wasn't on point. But, man, other than that, man, I, it was one of my you know favorite matches, man, working with Grace. So, yeah, it was cool. And, you know, you, you bring up a good point, too, in terms of when you're looking to kind of develop a little bit more, you're looking at everything that's been going on in terms of match per match and growth. Do you ever sit down and look at your matches um, and kind of evaluate, like you said, like, you know, if a spot's missed or this didn't look right or, you know, how do you actually um, learn from your matches? Well, I actually just watched 
the, the me and Graves one not too long ago. I was like, damn, man, we could have, like, it was good, but it could have been better. Like, you know, like, oh, man, I should have, I should have done this right here. I should have slowed down a little bit. I should have turned it up. I should have, you know, like, I was like, damn, man, then I'll do it next time. Yeah. And then that next time happens, you know, then we do it. And then it, it's a little, you know, I miss a little bit of something. So, oh, man, all right. Or after I do this, I'm gonna do this. But man, it, every match, man, is a, it's a learning experience, man. From no matter how long, if you've been wrestling for like 15, 10, five years, man, every match you're gonna learn something new. Yeah. And that night, man, you know, like I said, him being one of the most experienced guys, like I, I've learned a lot. I learned a lot that match, man. And I, I think after that uh, match with Graves, man, I just I, I went up from there on out. Sefa, his style is a lot different than a lot of our other guys you know what i mean so it's easy to gravitate toward that but you're also trying to keep your story version going until you're ready to to do what we needed to do and we wanted it to be on the big stage could we have done it at a school show a month ago sure but doing it in the way that we did it made it a whole bigger moment that now moving forward, there was a lot of other options, you know, that we had. We did an elimination match where it was supposed to be Hammerstone, uh, Graves, and Gallo, but Hammerstone was in Japan for MLW, and we had to bring in Dom to cover, and Dom, who's tremendously talented, but people don't really know him here. So it kind of, the, the excitement of the match, because Hammerstone's been our top guy for a couple of years. So being in that elimination match and being replaced by, by, by Dom, you know, kind of took that match down, you know, a notch and, you know, it ended up being a clean sweep, but it was getting their revenge back from when Graves had turned on Sefa. And that's how he lost the Nevada state to Hammerstone which was a huge night because Graves had just won the money, uh, the cash in the case. Then he ended up helping Seth, uh, helping Hammerstone win the Nevada State. And then they cashed in and got the tag belts because of the cash in the case. So that was a tremendous storyline that so much happened on that show that revolved around Hammerstone Graves, which then also involved Shogun which led to Shogun trying to get his revenge when Shogun won the Rumble and was supposed to get the title match against Chris Bay. And because they laid him out, that was when Graves was able to take advantage of the opportunity. This was six months earlier at a Samstown show into the next Samstown show into the next Samstown show with all the other shows around that we were able to keep Sefa, Shogun Bay, Hammerstone Graves, all kind of intertwined for six months where in WWE, that six months would be extremely boring and nobody would have cared about the feud. <laughs> and I think we were able to keep it and make it very important that the wins really did mean something at the end of the story because we did have an end of the story. I feel like how to, how to grab the crowd's attention, man, is when your music hits and 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 um and like when you walk out that yeah. that's when it starts man because people can feel people can feel your presence man and your energy when your music hits and when you walk out it's just the way you gotta walk out how you look you know what i'm saying how you get in the ring how you stand there when your opponent comes out i i feel like that's how i grab them because 
for example, man, um, you know, the Willie Mack, uh, me and his match, you know, when they, they, it was supposed to be Brian Pillman, but now, oh, this, this stuff was music. And then not even the match started, like they're, they're chanting, like they're chanting, they're chanting his name, they're chanting my name. And, and then another one was Hammerstone, me and Hammerstone. We'd even, all we did was go face to face for like two, three minutes, man. Yeah. And then they were, they were, we, I was like, okay, we got him now, Us, we got him. You ready? Let's go. Like, I feel like, just a couple of those seconds, man, you know, that can you can grab their the crowd's attention. You know, and, and no offense to other promotions, but that happens a lot in FSW. Yep. That's not going to happen in a lot of these other companies because they're not bringing in that talent. No, we're a great independent wrestling company that brings in some of the best talent in the world. You know, go look at the Impact Locker Room. You know, half those guys... <laughs> have worked numerous shows for us, not one show. Anybody can work one show somewhere. But we've had guys that have worked over and over, and it's that type of crew that's come in to give these guys to see. Because, again, can Chris Bay wrestle? Absolutely. If Chris Bay was working in a bunk-a-dunk kind of wrestling promotion in Montana, would he have been noticed? Would he have been able to wrestle people that – people would have been put on the map to where people now say, oh, shit, just so you know, I wrestled this kid, Chris Bay, in Vegas, and he's really, really talented. Maybe you should look at him. Maybe it puts more eyes on him. And getting to work better people, you know, I know for a fact when Chris Bay was getting seen a little bit on impact that John Morrison and Brian Cage went to management to try to get Chris signed because they really, really liked him a lot. They thought he was extremely talented. And then when we had that three-way match for the uh, Mecca Grand Championship, Chris Bay shined more than Morrison or Cage because they chose to make Chris Bay look like the star of the match. Watching Kevin Cross win the NXT Championship three matches in kind of justifies like, wow, you know, we were right. Hey, we were right about Hammerstone. He went to Japan and he shined. And the people that I've given the ball to have all taken it and they have run for numerous touchdowns. Um, Sefa, how's it been for you being a dad? Man, it's been it's it's been it's been a, it's a blessing, man, you know. Uh, just being a dad, man, you know, it sucks because, you know, just like what Joe said, I couldn't. One of the reasons why I couldn't make the shows, man, is because of, like, because, you know, because I would have to watch my son, man. So Joe, does he does uh, he have an open spot in the kids class when he's able to walk and uh, start rolling around? <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, as long as he's ready, you know, uh, he could be. He could beat Bodie's record of being 13 years old and getting his first match. Maybe a uh, little little Sefa Jr. and Bodie could be uh, in the near future. Are you ready? Son, son, you ready for that, son? Wherever he at. I don't even know where he at. <laughs> Sefa, is there any um, moments or stories that stick out about Joe? Uh, I, think, I think one of the times uh, before, uh, me and, uh, before me winning the Nevada State uh, title, like every every time I came to training, he's like, "Hey, Nevada State title, Nevada, Nevada State title." He just kept saying it. And I was like, "Man, Joe, you mess with me, man. You mess with me." Yeah, he just kept saying it. And he said it that day, and I was like, "Damn, he he, he for real." 
But I don't know. I, I thought that was always funny to me. Like literally every time I came to training, when it built up, I was he just kept saying Nevada State title. Nevada State title. <laughs> What you've seen in Sefa's work, how long do you think it will take for one of the uh, majors to finally knock on the door and say, hey, we're going to run with him? To be honest, I think he would be a guy who can get picked up at any day. Bad Boys of Podcasting.